Hello again. Welcome. Ep4, the NFL show. Keeps rolling on. Uh, it's Sol TV. How are you, mate? Very good, Sol. And I'm um, yeah, happy to be here and happy to talk about the last week's games of the NFL. There were some good games. There's some bit of a dull, you know, physics sort of games as well, which we, uh, we've already talked about. And, you know, I think that's going to start to happen now. We're in the midway point, starting to get to the midway point of the season. Some teams are going to start to get worse and some teams are going to get really good. Those poor Detroit Lions, they've been pushing it. They've been working hard. Man. And I feel like every week they've gone out there and put 100% effort in. They don't know how long they're going to hold that up. And you can just see in the back end of their games, they've been you know dipping off a little bit. But so those are the teams that are probably going to start to get even maybe possibly worse. Like you might get one more week out of them. And then, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how some of these teams go this week. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't blame them for thinking about the draft already, honestly, uh, the way things are going for them. Notable miss this week, Paddy. Uh, he's just disappeared off the face of the earth. I don't blame him, to be fair. I mean, first off, let's just get this out of the way. Guarantee of the week was a fizzer. We laughed for a reason. I don't know why he was so hell-bent on, on Washington. But anyway, we knew that wasn't a chance. But also, unfortunately, and I don't blame him, you know, his Jets got absolutely destroyed by the Patriots, my Patriots, who said they uh, don't have any points in them. So, yeah, it's a bit disappointing he's not here to face the music. Yeah, I agree. He was very confident about a lot of the things he said last week, and he was very, you know, he fought for him. He, he said the Jets are going to win. He said Washington were going to win. Then and we had a little bit of a chat afterwards about our fantasy teams. He didn't want to take Aaron Rodgers out of his team after he said they were going to have a bad game. I was like, so yeah. are you one or the other? I feel like... From that point on, I think he was hedging his bets a little bit. And I don't think Washington had a bit of a hope there. They were playing in Green Bay, from yeah. memory. I think they're undefeated last six games there, six-game winning streak. I'm just pretty sad he's not here today because we would have loved to, you know, rip into him a little bit. But obviously, you know, he had other things to do. And But, yeah, it's very telling that he's not here today. Let's just say that. Exactly. And you know what, Pat, mate? Get ready for next week. <laughs> I don't forget. Yeah, we're talking about the weekend. Yeah, I mean, it was probably a bit more of a quiet weekend than the last couple that we've reviewed. But obviously what stands out for me is the Chiefs are getting belted again. We thought they couldn't get any lower. They did. Absolutely belted um, on the weekend. To be fair, Paddy did say Titans would win, <laughs> but it wasn't his guarantee, so bad luck there. But um, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Pat Mahomes got injured through an interception. Is he okay? I'm not too sure about his situation. I've heard. I'm sure he would be. I heard him talking about Heard him having an interview saying they're going to need to bounce back this week. They've got a good opportunity. I think they're playing the Giants from memory. Yeah. So I'm sure he'd want to be playing in that so they can turn this around. Unfortunately, their bye week is in like week 12. So they've got to start to kind of, you'd be hoping they'd be wanting to have a bye week about now so they can regroup and get going again. But they're going to have to wait a little bit of time for that bye week. So this, this week could be you know, that game changer for, um you know, maybe freshen them up a little bit and just really focus in on, you know, what they have to do as off the field and get that all sorted so they can go out there and dominate on the pitch. But if they keep doubling, as we said, and I'll, I'll go into it, the Chiefs have to play patient football and have to have longer play drives. And, you know, they're doubling and, and putting pressure on Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill hasn't got any – I haven't seen his receptions from the weekend, but from memory, he had a couple of good plays from behind line of scrimmage, uh, a couple of rushing plays. I think he had, he had six receptions for 49 yards. He had nine targets. And I think he had a rushing, from memory, that yeah, he had one rushing play for 18 yards. So he got a bit of a breakaway there because that's how they're going to have to do it. They, yeah. they were just doubling him. And, um, you know, you see Travis Kelty is getting a bit more. Uh, he's having had 12 targets on the weekend just because they're having to play patient football. I think their first drive, they had 10 plays and they had to punt the ball. They only went 25 yards in 10 plays. And then they went six plays punt, two plays interception, six plays fumble from Paddy Mahomes. 
And then the, on the last drive of the uh, before half, there was two plays for minus one yards. And yeah, that was end of half. So they're just not getting the opportunities. I think they were down 27-0 at half time. So you can't win games when you're just being put under pressure by the defense. And then on the flip side of that, you know, they're taking away the threat from the Chiefs, but then they're taking the ball away from him as well because Ter- Derrick Henry, you know, was rushing the ball. Tannehill was unbelievable, I thought. He had so much time in the pocket. If he has time in the pocket, he'll make those throws. He'll make the good throws. He had Brown. Brown made some good plays, you know, and then that, that's because they had time and, you know, there was some uncharacteristic things from, you know, Hardman making a fumble at the back end of the um, second half, you know, embodied exactly what they were talking about. The Chiefs just aren't physically or mentally there at the moment. You know, as we said, Pat Mahomes looked uncomfortable out of the pocket. Usually that's where he rises. He bounces out, he gets those sidearm throws. He just he had a fumble. I think he had an interception from a couple of knockdowns as well when he was out of the pocket. Yeah, he just didn't look comfortable there. And when you have those, you know, big plays and they're stopping those big plays, it, it just makes it very hard for him. I don't know what you thought, but yeah, that's what I was looking at. Yeah, and like if you see in comparison to the Titans, how patient they were, they took their time. They slowly dissected the Chiefs. They're a bad defense. Let's not forget that. We've been talking about their defense, having to address it. It keeps getting worse. You know, we're talking about trade, the trade deadline that's coming up. They've got to make a big move if they want to make some noise because they're losing ground right now in their division. Um, they're three and four. I think if you look at their division, even, you know, we thought the Raiders were going to be on a bit of a slide, but you said it. They've bounced back since the whole Gruden situation. They're five and two. The Chargers, they're four and two. So, you know, they're not going away. For the Chiefs to climb back and try and at least get that second spot. You know, we said these run of games were the games where they were supposed to, you know, a bit of confidence back into their game. But, you know, it just doesn't look like it's clicking and they're not going to give in. But they're just too predictable at the moment. And and they've got to make a big move. They've got to make a big move. Yeah, and we even saw Derek Henry go full quarterback mode with that uh, touchdown. <laughs> touch so, down. you know, he's a dual threat running back. He, he, oh, sorry, now he's... A- a, you know, triple threat because he can, you know, he can run, he can receive, and now he can throw the ball as well. So, well, well someone, well, someone said he can't win the MVP because he's not a quarterback. Well, I mean, he just showed him on the weekend he is a yeah. quarterback. Yeah, there you go. He just, he just threw a touchdown. So I think he ran for one and he threw one. So yeah, that, yeah. that's not you know MVP like. I don't know. Like that, that was some good stuff there. But you know, yeah. we're talking about you know that time and taking the game away from the Chiefs. So their first drive was twelve plays for a touchdown. It was four minutes, so they did a pretty good job there. They took another six minutes off in their next drive where they scored a touchdown. Key thing here is every time we're saying they're taking time off the clock, they're also getting points on those drives as well. So that's the thing. They can't stop them. And then they had another seven-minute drive, 13 plays. This time they get a field goal, so it's 17 blot. They've had the ball, and this is um, into the second quarter, they've had the ball now for at least 15 minutes a game. So that's, you know, majority of the game. This is just midway through the second quarter. So you talk about they're down 17 nil, but then Paddy Mahomes is probably sitting there going, well, have I done much wrong? Probably not. But then he has to go out there. And then what we talked about, what's happening? What are they doing with Tyreek Hill? They're taking him away. So if they're taking him away and he's felt like, oh, I'm on the back foot here already because I'm down 17 nil, he doesn't have that feeling of wanting to go out there and be patient again. Yeah. So if he's not going out there and being patient, like he's just got to get into that. If you watch Tom Brady and he's down 17-0, it wouldn't bother him. He'd go yeah. and play the exact same way, wouldn't he? And you could probably vouch that better than I could. But that's what Mahomes is going to do. And he does it. I'm telling you, and I'm not discrediting he can't do that. But the problem is teams were letting the big plays go before. So I don't know what happened with the defense. And that's what Reed and Mahomes are saying. They're seeing stuff that I haven't seen before. And I think he was more talking about the team. I don't think he's talking about the defenses. No. But I feel like 
in that way, Patty Mahomes is also seeing things he hasn't seen because I don't think Kelsey's been getting the breakaway plays. They, they feel like they're kind of manning up against him. They know what's going to happen. He's going to catch the ball. He's a big body, and they're just got to they got to you know go in there with a bit of confidence. The, the running game is abysmal, so they're trying. They know they're going to be passing the ball. So yeah, it's just it's a bit of a you know as I said a couple of weeks ago, it's a double edged sword. They they need to throw the ball to get down the field, and their best receiving threat is getting doubled. Yeah. Or, you know, just taking out the game by some of their better defensive players and making him play to Kelsey, to the other, you know, receivers in that um, Chiefs lineup. And that just means, you know, it makes it a very difficult day for Mahomes every time. If you look at the Chiefs the last couple of years, you know, they've been up there. You can tell now the over-reliance on Pat Mahomes. Chiefs defense hasn't had to do a big play. They haven't had to risk it. They know Pat Mahomes has got him. Now that they figured Pat Mahomes out, and like you said, they figured out the big plays and they've shut that down, the defense has had to step up and they're just not capable. And now they've been exposed. So, you know, they can't afford to do the minimum anymore. Now they're getting exposed even more. And it, like you said, it takes Mahomes off the field longer and it kills the whole game plan. And, you know, they can never get back into a game. So it's not the end of the road yet, but it's dire straits. It's, it's literally hanging on by a thread this season for them. Yeah, and that's, you think about it, they had like some pretty good handy players outside of Tyreek Hill in the receiving calls. I'm not saying, you know, they've got Pringle there, who got, you know, the Pringle man. Yeah, he got um, 70, 73 yards on the weekend. But, he, you know, he's not that explosive. Like even Sammy Watkins, he, he was, you know, he was getting on when he was there, but he was still making explosive plays. There was times when he was you know, getting big yards downfield. Like even McCall Hardman hasn't done too much this year. And it's just, you know, Tyreek Hill still get up there in receiving yards. I think he's fifth in receiving yards. Like he's still, like when we say he's been taken out of the game, I just don't think there's been the explosive plays. There's been, you know, he's still getting the 20-yard receptions here and there, but they've been minimized. Like, you know, like, I think he's They're got, not having an effect. No, and I, yeah. And like if teams can work out, like, okay, there it is. They'll give up one play. And then, okay, we'll, we'll stop it now. And they kind of shift, but like he's still getting big yards per game. And yeah, but they're just taking away that touchdown off a ridiculous speed that he has. It's frustrating to watch. And I enjoy watching the Chiefs players. When they're not playing well, it's, you know, it makes it a bit harder to watch. But when you see Derrick Henry throwing those passes in the backfield, you know, you can wake up and watch that. That's embarrassing to the Chiefs, to be fair. You know, it was funny, Andy Reid, I mean, he couldn't give a shit about defense. Let's be honest here. He's never cared about the defense. He'd be looking to try and get another receiver just to take pressure off Tyreek Hill. That's the way he thinks. Well, we'll get to it, you know, the trade after we talk yeah. about these two games. But yeah, maybe that's maybe that's it. But, but that's the way they think. So I mean, they, they want to help Mahomes rather than help their defense. I, I mean, it's worked. You can't deny it's, it hasn't worked. So if they can get their offense kicking on again and less predictable, I guess. Well, that's the that's their solution. It's probably the wrong solution, but yeah. Good luck to them. Let's see what they pull off in the next couple of days. Just quickly on the Baltimore-Cincinnati game. Baltimore, we said they were going in. A couple of injuries. Uh, you know, it hasn't phased them. But uh, credit where credit's due. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, Jamal Chase, those boys. Big ooze. Big ooze. They put a stamp on the AFC on the weekend. They uh, they showed everyone they're, they're for real. They look like they're for real. Yeah, and they went. And that side of that game was blow for blow. Like they were going one for one. They had pretty, you know, two and throw game. And they had, you know, they went punt, punt. Then they went field goal. They got up 3-0. And then they had another punt after that. You know, and then the Baltimore got a field goal back to the three all. And they both got the 10-all. And they just got that really nice play with Jamar Chase uh, down the field just before yeah. the end of the half. And he got them, you know, they got up at half and up 13-10. And then you thought, 
like Lamar gets that pass to, you know, Brown and they get, you know, 17-13. It just looked like they were starting to get a click a little bit there. And then Uzumar just he's just unbelievable. Like yeah. I, think, I think he ended up with two touchdowns on on the day. He just was like a great player. Like the first one was 55 yards, the second one was 39, but they just look like strong plays. And then, you know, Jamar Chase has been unbelievable. Like it's some I think the that second one he got, which is an 82 yarder. Yeah. <laughs> broke off three guys and that start part just boom boom and then he just zips across and then he just goes and it was it was just unbelievable to watch him play you talked about burrow that play action game like they got that pass to uzuma like that's starting to see like that sean McVay sort of stuff zach taylor starting to throw up there as well and when you've got mixing there in the backfield it helps to you know alleviate that pressure as well it was really good to see and then if you watch that play as well and they talk about it on the broadcast like burrow's ability to slide as well, he gets the play action play and he gets back into the pocket and then he sees the um the rush from the right hand side and he just moves slightly and they you know go off balance and he gets that throw off 55 yard. Like that's unbelievable movement. Someone that's come off a you know a big knee injury to then be able to have that confidence in the pocket and move. It was unbelievable to watch. And it was yeah, it was it was just good to see, you know, so many different receiving threats there for Joe Burrow and, yeah. and his men. And it was just good to see. And Zach Taylor probably deserves a bit of a rap there as well. They just looked like they had a better game plan going into that you talk about those play action plays and it was it was good to watch and it was yeah it reminded me a bit of um the rams back in the day and cincinnati another thing we probably haven't talked about is their d put a lot of pressure on a lot of pressure yes. on and we talk about the threat of jackson at the backfield there what's he going to do what's he going to do but they just you know minimize that in the fact that they just had people going everywhere they were like a while you know the Bengals there they actually looked like they were attacking and it was good to watch so it wasn't that bad lamar but it didn't really have an effect on the game like he usually yeah. does it seems to be a common theme with the young quarterbacks. Like a lot of questions were asked on Joe Burrow, you know, and whether he could live up to the potential. We're seeing it right now. And a lot of those young quarterbacks, they're using every single person on the field. They're, they're not just targeting one person. Like we just talked about Pat Mahomes. He's just got Tyreek Hill, legit, and Kelsey. But Tyreek Hill's his guy. He doesn't really have much other options. These guys are making everyone options. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray. They're all using their weapons to effect. So it's unpredictable. That's another key element to these guys. And, you know, credit to the coaches. They're giving them the confidence to express and, and, and letting them, you know, play. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. If it, a lot of young guys would be hesitant. Like, I feel like Justin Fields is being held back in Chicago. I feel like Zach Wilson, I think to an extent, you know, they're putting too much on his plate and then they just take it all back. It just the way they're being coached over there isn't the same as these guys. You can see the difference there, what coaching does to the young quarterbacks. On Baltimore's side, yeah, like I said, not much from Lamar. Look, they do have an injury toll. I mean, since he's good, but once they get their full team back, I keep saying it, they're, they're going to be really good and they're going to be hard to stop. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, we talked about, I think they had one of the offensive tackles out for Baltimore and you can just definitely see that that took into effect there. The eight, you know, tackles for loss and the five sacks, like that's some pretty big numbers for a defensive team in general. And, you know, for Cincinnati to do that against Baltimore, who's such a good um, running threat, have Bell there in the backfield. And you've got people like Jackson as well, like who has that threat as well. So that defensive display, you know, can't be taken for granted because that definitely helped in the, that victory against the Ravens on the weekend. That's right. Just looking at their schedule coming up, Cincy. They got the Jets, so uh, unlucky, Pat. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, no, I mean, you reckon dangerous? Because you just think they're a young team. So, like, yeah. they're a young team, the Bengals. I'm not saying they're going to win, and I don't want to give Patty any hope. So, I'll reach, I'll go backwards here after I've said it. 
But just so I can be on both sides here for a second, you know, you know, good sports media, you got to hedge your bets. Yeah. So just the, the fact that this could be a danger game for the Bengals, just in the fact that, you know, they're a young team, they're going into a team they should be beaten and they should be beaten comfortably. But that pressure, that's sometimes it's the arrogance. I mean, a good arrogance by a young team that we can go in there, we're not, we're going to smash these boats and we will do it. But there's sometimes that other bit of, you know, false sense of security that we will win and we ain't putting them out of their effort. And that you just see one or two players drop off there. And that might be, you know, Jamar Chase doesn't run his route, you know, as efficiently as he normally does. And he's not there when he gets a pass. Like those sort of things might happen. And I don't think, I don't think they will because I feel like they know what they've just done. They've beaten a really good team. They, they've got to feel comfortable. I'm pretty sure their buy is coming around the corner soon. So Yeah, yeah I, I think week, week 11, I think. Yeah, so you like it's not week probably 10. as close as I thought it was. Week but 10, yeah. week 10. Yeah, so you'd be thinking, let's just smash through these last couple of games, get that buy in. That's what you'd be talking about. You'd be talking about, let's see what we can do in this next couple of weeks, and then we'll deserve the rest when we get it. So let's not have this week as our rest. Let's have it as full steam ahead. That's what they're going to be thinking. So I would say maybe the Browns game the week after might be a danger game. I think thinking they'll probably go in as favorites, they'll be talked up, especially if they take care of the Jets. You know, all the talk's going to be about them. So yes. that will be a probably tough game just before the bye. And sometimes that also, that that thought like we've got the Browns next week, you know, sometimes that can play effect as well. So they've got to be really centred in on this game. This is a Zach Taylor, can he be a good NFL coach week? Can he get this team up against a team that is an awful team? Like they really don't have to, wouldn't say have to be going out there 100 miles an hour and beat these blokes. But as you said, Robert Salah, he's lacked a bit of energy. I feel like he himself, like he's, if you watch him with, you know, the Sam Fran 49ers, you, you've just seen him as this energetic person. He's always hyped on the side. Like you haven't seen that. I know they're no. losing, but it's about that DNA. Like they hired him to be an energetic, you know, that that passionate person. And it's starting to think, well, is the head coaching thing Yeah, I know he's got to be worrying about all that, but does he need to be that passionate person? Does he need to be that person that's kind of lift these blokes on the side? And when they get there, you know, come on, let's go. That's a bit of rah-rah stuff. But like, Sometimes that's what a team needs to get from, you know, here to here. Like just that small improvement could, could, you know, be a win or loss this weekend. Just trying to get these blokes lifting because at the moment they're just going to keep going down. Their confidence is going to get, get smashed by the Patriots. So, you know, they've got to find a way to bounce back. And it might be this week if the Bengals are just off. So that could be, you know, a danger game for the Bengals if they don't, you know, switch on, which is a, a test of Zach Taylor. Let's see what happens. Very true. Very true. Yeah, could be looking ahead to that Browns game. It's funny, Salah was brought in to change the culture, change that losing culture, but he's getting sucked into it. And I think, yeah, it's the pressure, the pressure there to win. Because, uh, again, winning is the only thing that changes everything there, especially in a losing culture that the Jets have had for a long time. It's tough to change without winning. So to, to get them to believe, like no one expected them to do anything special this year, but it's just the way they're losing. Like you said, they've got to be back into the game they kind of just got to work their way back into the grind this weekend. And, yeah, maybe it does take Salah to get back to his old ways because, you know, his energy does feed off the players. That's what he's known for. So, yeah, maybe a change there for, for Salah. Baltimore, they got the bye much needed. You know, they've had a lot of injuries, a lot of uh, – it's been a hectic start to their season. So, yeah, I expect them after the bye weekend to get back into the swing of things. Yeah, trade deadline. Uh, we were talking about that just a bit before. That's coming up on November 2. It's funny, when trades go down in the NFL, unless it's a really major like mid-season trade, you don't really hear about these trades that go through for picks or for just random players, like say for the NBA or other sports. 
we're going to say what big trade's going to happen. But like I said, you don't, you never know with the NFL. What trade should happen, do you think, TB? Which team needs to make a trade? Well, I kind of went a bit weird with this one. I probably doesn't, you probably don't need this, but this is just something I'm thinking they would do. So the Rams have just uh, traded away Kenny Young, a linebacker. Yep. They're playing the Texans this week. Mm-hmm. So possibly come next week, they could trade for the wide receiver, Brandon Cooks. That's what I'm just I'm just what I'm thinking. Get him back. I think there was a bit of iffy stuff happening today about Brandon Cooks not being happy about something. So, yeah. you know, it could be, you know, after this week, obviously we've got to play the Texans. Uh, the Rams are going to play the Texans this weekend. And then, you know, maybe Brandon Cooks, an, an extra bit of receiving threat, a little bit of speed on the outside there. But we're thinking weird. The Chiefs could trade for Brandon Cooks. You know, they yeah. need another wide receiver over there. I think he's only on 1.5 million for the rest of the year. So yeah, that could be, that could, that's what I mean. That brings in a team like the Rams, like, you know, a team that needs a bit of an extra piece there. A contender. Yeah, a contender. Someone who's a bit of a push. I don't know if the Rams need Brandon Cooks. I think the Brands would like Brandon Cooks. You know, you can never have too many wide receivers. You can have a deep threat. You know, him and Deshaun Jackson would be an, an awesome little bit opportunity there. But just yeah, ask that, the Bucks. Yeah. So you can't have too many of them. No, you can't. And that's a bit weird. And I know they're playing against each other this weekend, and he's been talking about that all week. It'd be weird to then go back to them the week after. But the poor bloke lost two Super Bowls in a row. Yeah. You know, get him back over here. We'll win him a Super Bowl, and then he can go back to wherever he wants to go. That's right. Lots of the Patriots and the Rams against the Patriots. Uh, yeah, but... it's not a, not, a fun, not a fun place to be. No, it's not. You think the Chiefs would need, I mean, like I said, the, the way the Chiefs think, they, they need more offensive threats. That You'd think they'd go down that route. Maybe even more crazier, maybe Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. I've heard he's not happy. At, I mean, we've heard for a long time he's not happy at Cleveland. And they don't look like they're trending too well. It really depends on the teams as well, if they've given up. A lot of teams are making that decision now. So the Texans would be up there in making, you know what, this season's done, done and dusted. Sticking to the Texans, I wonder, or I've been wondering for a long time, what the hell are they going to do with Deshaun Watson? He's just been sitting on the sideline doing fuck all. It's honestly a waste for him to be there. Should they consider just getting rid of him? And who would need him? Um, a team like the Panthers come to mind, especially after they benched Sam Darnold on the weekend. Yeah, definitely. And I think Sam Darnold with the Panthers, I, think, I don't think uh, Watson, I think Watson came out and declined that. I think the only place he's actually, because he has a no trade clause in his contract, he, the only place he's formally come out and said he will um, go to, and this is known in the league, is that he'll go to the Dolphins. So that's actually, I think, being made clear that's why they're trying to do like a three-way trade which i don't think will happen they were trying to get two to go to someone and then get a pick off them it was a bit of a weird thing it won't happen but you know that's what they were yeah. starting to talk like denver might have got two uh and denver might have given a pick to i just don't know how that works so yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, a bit it's, it's very it's, weird they said it, it's a bit more nba sort of stuff they do more trades like that and they start to you know be a bit more aggressive in that sort of aspect but yeah i just can't see i just don't had an owners meeting and they feel like they, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and they you know, talked about these sort of things. And I don't think he's still on the eligible to play, so he can actually play. So there's no real developments in that area. I don't know. There's a heap of stuff going on. So I feel like a team would go out and get him, and I feel like it may happen after this weekend's games. At the moment, it's, it's just all leading up to the Dolphins getting him, and I just I can't see any other team. And he doesn't want to go anywhere else from reports. So. Mm, yeah. I'm not an NFL insider, so I can't. I'm just telling you what other people are telling you. No, no. Sorry, Sol. I'm sorry to have any information for you. No, no, that's fine. I mean, like I said, it's just been a story that's been going on for 
for weeks now. Just thinking about it, it's not many places to go for Deshaun Watson. A lot of teams have got their young quarterbacks drafted, especially after the draft that just passed. I mean, Panthers are one I could think of. Maybe Seahawks if Wilson's out for the season, but he's coming back. But a lot of those teams also, they're, they're looking for a quarterback. Yeah, it's true. They're looking for a quarterback, but there's no quarterback fine because in the next draft, I don't see Spencer out like he's been, I think he's been dropped and he's been benched. And then I think it's Sam Howell. He's another one in there. But these aren't the Trevor Lawrence's. These aren't, they aren't getting the same height as Zach Wilson was. Justin Fields, you know, that. we've seen how those yeah. players have struggled. Like those are players that we talked about as some of the best in college football and they've come in and struggled. And partially the reason is the fact that they've come in, when you get drafted, you're getting drafted to a bad team. Yeah. So you're already on the back foot from the get-go, which doesn't make sense. Or oh, it does make sense, but it's not fair on the, you know, rookie quarterbacks. And it gets to that part where they've got to rebuild. But as we talk about that, what have you done for me lately? Culture in America, but as soon as they start going bad, these players are getting called bust by the point where they've never really ever got to get into that rebuilding phase. Like, where can they start to get pieces to the puzzle? Like, right? yeah. that's a bit difficult for the players, I'm sure. And mentally, they're going, Well, I need a win. And that's probably making, I bet your old mate, you know, Robert Sala is telling him, Come on, mate, don't worry about it. We'll get, you know, keep working hard, keep getting better, and we'll be, you know, we'll be good for the long run. But he's probably, Zach Wilson's going, Well, you probably said that to Sam Darnold as well, and he just got shipped off. So, you know, like, yeah, that's sort of in the back of your mind going, I'm, I've got to win now, but, you know, maybe the coach tell me, you know, just keep building, keep building. Obviously, everyone wants to win, but a bit of realistic thinking got to happen in some of these teams now that it's blown apart for a lot of them. So, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a thing, right? Like, you can say you've got a project for three years that you've set up and you want the fans to be patient, but reality hits you pretty quickly when you've gone on a 10-game losing streak. Um, you yeah. need to make you need to make a, a sudden move. You need to make a drastic move. Like you get your hand gets forced here, especially in the NFL. There's not much time. Another player before we move on, Cam Newton. Obviously, got sacked by the Patriots early in the year. I still think he's capable. He's a top 10, 15 quarterback easily. Surely he finds a home. Yeah, and it's weird that there's like, there's been chatter about um the Browns. That's what I heard, and also the Seahawks were kind of a bit upset. They probably they should have probably went and got him as well, you know. And they probably thought a bit more of Geno Smith than they had. And Geno Smith hasn't done an awful job. Like he's he's kept them in the game, but he's just yeah, he's just you can just tell he's just not up to it um at the moment. But yeah, I think Cam Newton. There was a bit of talk about they could be a possibility considering you know the injury to Baker Mayfield. But yeah, I, I don't know. I was thinking maybe Steelers. You know, because again, yeah. Big Ben's future's up in the air again. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. Maybe he goes there for six months, hangs around, see what the situation is. And, you know, if he's gone, I could see him being the quarterback there easily because Mason Rudolph's not their long-term solution at Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, exactly right. And exactly. they haven't really planned for the future. So no. they're just banking on Big Ben to keep coming back on one yeah. leg. I think he's on one arm now. I think that's all he's got left, his left arm. Well, he used that. Well, he used the other one well, didn't he? <laughs> Uh, he's got, I don't know how he's still playing, honestly. Just, just he's a good player. Like he's a Hall of Fame. No, 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 he is. No, he is. I have a lot of respect for Ben, uh, Big Ben, but um, but yeah. mate, he keeps coming back. Just it gets, uh, he's I, he's busted. He's got a smile now. on his face every time too. I like, I like watching him. He's just, <laughs> I think he's oblivious to everyone else's uh, thoughts. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> care. He couldn't give a shit to be honest. That's fair. Well, and actually, no, another one I was thinking of, maybe yeah. like the Texans, but I'm, I've heard Tyrod Taylor's nearly back. Okay, and I feel like they were trying to go with Davis Mills. He hasn't been terrible, but he's just had that couple of you know off games, and he just doesn't look up to it. 
And, you know, I think what you said about, you know, Pittsburgh is probably, yeah, good one as well, even if it's not this year, next year as well. Yeah. Well, again, we're going to have to wait because usually nothing happens, but who knows? I mean, stranger things have happened in the NFL, like Tom Brady to the Bucks. <laughs> um, speaking of TB, TB, it's time. Your top five. What a hit last week. Mate, gained traction on the, on the socials. I think I was TikTok famous for about, you know, a day. For about a day. <laughs> for about a day. They got a couple of likes, mate. A couple hundred likes. Not bad, man. Good start. Oh, I'll take it. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. All right. Let's go. What, what shock do you have for us here? TV's top five for week eight. Number five. The Green Bay Packers. They've, they've moved in there. Well, number four. The Rams. Number three. Dallas Cowboys. Number two. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Big movers. Big movers. Number one. The Arizona Cardinals. I mean, no shock there. Until they lose, not, I feel like they're going to keep staying there. And if they win this week, and just so you know, like I know it's not a part of the top five and makes it a bit of, defeats that purpose, but this number six is probably the Bills. And I know there's no AFC teams in there, mm. um, in the, which I don't know if you noticed. There's no, no, there's that's no right. NFC, yeah. top, TB's top five NFC team. So um, <laughs> I've got six and seven, uh, the Bills and the Bengals. So, yeah. So just that's what I'm thinking. And I'm the Bengals were close to being there. And I know... And the only reason why the Bills are ahead of them is just because they had a buy, and I'm probably thinking, you know, exactly what, you know, what have they done for me lately? And I'm, yeah, I'm trying to put that past and say the Bills have been really good and had that that tough loss, um, but you know, I'm still keeping them there. And just the Packers, I think, you know, six and one, they deserve to be. And I was trying to put the Bengals in there just so it looked like there was a one AFC team in there. But yeah, I've kept them there, and then the Cowboys. You know, they haven't had a buy, so I can't really move them up or down. They haven't That's done true. anything wrong. So, who dropped um, off? I just can't remember who dropped off for you. The Ravens, they're, they're okay. out there. I'm sorry, but they're, they're like, that's a, ba- that's a big drop from yeah, second. That was second. So, oh, that's uh, a massive a, drop. TB is very, um, I, I changed my mind. So, <laughs> yeah, if you lose, just, yeah. just watch out because TB is throwing you away, you know. Yeah. I can't complain. Like, they're the informed teams. Would you have maybe, say, I mean, you said the Bills. I'm thinking more, would you have the Titans in there? I mean, they've been pretty nice. Derrick Henry, MVP candidate. Yeah. They've been doing well. DH, the QB, I might, you know, that's a good point. I haven't really, I had, I was just thinking about those top seven. I kind of had top seven in mind. I don't know why the Titans weren't in there. Uh, Maybe it's just because I feel like they're going win, loss, win, but I think they've had a couple back-to-back in their big win. So that may come in. I'm going to write them down so I have them. They actually are eight. So they're eight, and then it goes um, the Ravens under that. So they're in TV's top ten. That's not a separate segment, but you know, if we get some more sponsorship, that we could get, you know, two segments going. Show us um, the money. Show us the money. We're still looking for that uh, sponsor. So you know, yeah. any any places out there, you know, any good places as well would be great. You know, somewhere we can get a free beverage would be awesome. That's it. Uh, it's out there. So whoever's listening, come what on. Do you think so? No, like I said, I thought the Titans maybe deserve to be in there. Yeah. I think they've showed a bit more than I thought they would. They were kind of written off a couple of weeks ago, to be fair. Derrick Henry's back to form. But you're right. They are a bit up and down. Like, they've got the Colts. They should beat them. Are they capable of losing? Probably. A couple of those games coming up this week. So you can't fault the Packers. They've just, again, like the Rams, flown under the radar, just winning. No one's really noticing them. But they couldn't give a crap, really. So Yeah. yeah. Great. No, nah, I can't say too much wrong there, man. Week eight, um, we're not going to do every game. 
as as usual. So we'll get straight into it. The biggest we did game the first of- week that took an hour and a half. That yeah, that was yeah. First game game of the week for me. Packers six and one versus the Cardinals with seven and zero. Oh. Big match, biggest match of the weekend. Pretty sure it's at Arizona. Is that correct? Yes, yep, it's at yes. Arizona. It's a tough one, yeah, because. The Packers have been good, but not great. Like, they haven't really stood out, but they're just winning games. So, you really can't say too much wrong about them. And the Cardinals, there's no one looks like they're troubling them. Like, just they're just going on with it, doing their thing. It might be a close game, but I just don't see the Packers beating them here. Yeah, and it's just, uh, I think the Packers have got a few players out. I'm pretty sure uh, Devontae Adams is out with um, COVID. Um, I feel like their defensive coordinator is out too, Joe Berry. I'm pretty sure his name is. Um, he's out as well with COVID, and that could be a bit of a worry. And Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show yesterday was saying about, you know, he has full confidence. He actually said they're six and zero without Devontae Adams. He was saying it wasn't a slight. We of course we'd want him out there, but they have found a way to manage without him, which is we might see Aaron Jones get a bit bit of an option there. And apparently, you know, JJ Watt could be out. Mm. JJ Watt could be out, and it could possibly be season ending, from what I saw yesterday. Oh, I no. might double check because I heard it might have been shoulder surgery. Big loss. Here you go. Yeah, exactly. Here it is. JJ Watt to undergo potentially season-ending shoulder surgery. So that is a definite big loss. Yeah. And just talk about how well they've gone. And everyone's kind of – they're talking about Kyler Murray, but they haven't really pushed the narrative as much as I thought they could have. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP last year. That's he was 5-2 right. and two at this point. Yep. He had a 65% completion percentage, okay, um, 278 passing yards, per game, 113 passer rating, and a 20 offensive touchdowns. Kyle Murray, 7-0, 74% completion percentage, 286 yards passing, 116 passer rating, and 20 offensive touchdowns. So, you know, he's nearly on par. Obviously, they've won more games. Yeah. But, yeah, that's some pretty big stats there. And we remember Aaron Rodgers kind of shot off at the end there as well. He was absolutely blown away. But, yeah, they've also – that defense, in the last three games, they've allowed 14 or fewer points. So that's going to kill teams, especially when they've got such a high-powered offense. If they can hold teams to 14 points – and that's what um, Aaron Rodgers spoke about yesterday. He was saying, look, we've got to go, you know, score for score with them. We've, like, he wasn't discrediting his defense. He just knew – when you play against a good offense, you've got to be able to go. When they go for a score, you've got to go and you know match that score. Yeah. Or if you get a score and they match it, you've got to go out and do it again. And that's the pressure. That's the starting to play that chess match. And they make a move, we've got to make a move back. And it's just starting to you know that one-upmanship. And without Devontae Adams and without some of those key um you know threats there, that that'll make it a bit more difficult for Aaron Rodgers on his side of the ball. And we saw Zach Ertz had some really good touches last week. So you know him getting involved as well would be another ploy for Kyla Murray, which you've got now. You know, Hopkins there. Now you've got Ertz and that ability to, you know, James Conner in the backfield. So that you're just getting better players um, around him. And it just, it just seems like there's going to be very difficult for the Packers at the Red Sea there. And I feel like, yeah, it'd be a good game to watch though. They're probably the closest they came to maybe losing was the 49ers. 49ers kept them pretty quiet compared to other games. And they only won 17-10, the Arizona Cardinals. I'm just trying to think, like, maybe that's a bit of a swerve from Aaron Rodgers because the first thing you'd want to do to the Cardinals is keep them off the field. I mean, that's the one thing. And if there's anyone that knows how to control tempo and has the experience to control or manage games, it's Aaron Rodgers. So maybe he's just trying to put them off with this score-for-score theory. No doubt he's capable. It's Aaron Rodgers. He can get anyone into the frigging end zone. Uh, I definitely agree. Yeah. And I I just think it it might be to their detriment if they try to do that. Like, I... I think if they can keep on the ground, like you said, get James a couple of runs and put a bit more emphasis on him, 
put a bit of pressure on their D-line. The Packers, like I said, they can make it close and, and they can keep it close. There's no one better, you know, you wouldn't put anyone other than maybe Brady than Aaron Rodgers in a close situation. If you can put them in that position where they've got a chance to win, I mean, you'd back Aaron Rodgers to pull it off. No, definitely. And, and you know, he's been he's been really good throughout the past couple of weeks. He had that bad game. They've won every game since. So, yeah, he's definitely a cornerstone for them at, to win games of football. And it, it would just be to see how he, you know, Randall Cobb there could get some more touches. You know, they're good mates. And that, that could be a definite piece that they've um, I put him in my multi to score a touchdown. I had Arizona the win. Hurts yeah. and Hopkins to score. And what's his name? Cobb to get a touchdown. So that, that was my little one. But, yeah, I feel like, that defense of the Cardinals without JJ Watt could be interesting. See how they play. Obviously, they've got some other good pieces there. But yeah, the Arizona have been unbelievable. And you like they're the second team besides you know your uh, Patriots in 2007 to be undefeated, but have 32 plus points in in all those games, 400 plus yards per those games, fewer than 18 points per games in all those you know those seven games. So that's that's some good that's stats. Historic. There. That's historic. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Unfortunately, they went on to you know. Get to the that, Super Bowl. Rem- yeah, that remind us, you know. It's... Yeah, but so I'm definitely going to be picking with the Arizona Cardinals yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, I'm the same. I have to go Cardinals. Bucks Saints, uh, another big game, another divisional game. If we're being really serious here, Tampa Bay, no one's stopping them at the moment. They're just cruising along to the playoffs. Only injury could put them off right now. Yeah, and it was interesting because last year, Tom Brady was the first time he'd ever got beaten twice in a regular season by a team, and that was the Saints. But obviously they had Drew Brees there. It'd be different to our mate Jameis, who's a, a bit more, you know, happy, happy-go-lucky. He'll be playing yeah, against yeah. his old team as well. But, yeah, I just can't see them winning. I can't see the, the Saints. They just look, yeah, one of the most boring games of football last week. So and I, <laughs> I, I usually enjoy watching those tight games, but that was just, yeah, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't pretty to watch. No, it wasn't. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't see Saints coming out of this one with a win. I can definitely see Tampa putting a score on. And Brady, you know, he's leading the league in passing yards. He's 45 years old. So It's not normal. Um, yeah, it's, it's not it's, normal, man. I'll, I'll continue to watch him. It'll be good to watch. Uh, he threw his 600th touchdown on the weekend, and Mike Evans gave it away, the idiot. Did you hear about that? I know, that what one? an idiot. And, you know what? Sorry, but, I didn't know. Yeah, but, I mean, sorry, but the fans should have just kept the ball. Why did he give it back? Mate, oh, he, had, he had a... Half a million, easily half a million oh. dollar ball in his hands there. Talk to me. If Tom Brady wanted his ball back, okay. do you think you would have said no to Tom Brady? One sec. I'm not saying I wouldn't give it back, but man, bit of a negotiation. Got you know a what Bitcoin. I mean? What a, he got a Bitcoin. That's nice. It's not, you can't actually touch a Bitcoin, can you? It's not like you can hold it. It's not <laughs> like a ball. Yeah. He got a ball. He got one of the other game balls. He got two, two signed jerseys. He got a helmet. Signed, yeah. I mean, it's look, I'm not saying good on him. Like, I, I mean, he, he got rewarded thousand dollars at the team store. You can go buy some more jerseys, you can have the whole team's jersey, you can get rock up the whole offense. You can be Mike Evans one day. You got tickets the next two years. That's what I'm saying. Bit of negotiation, ask for a bloody skybox for the rest of the year or something like that. Man, come on, I would, really? Look, listen, I would want to negotiate with, negotiating with the, the gear steward. The, the, the ball I man. To, I don't want to talk to him. Stuff, stuff that bloke. I don't talk to that bloke. I'll talk to Tom Brady himself. Hey, man. The poor equipment manager. All he wanted was the ball back. Brady's probably screwing at him. Evans is probably crying on the sideline. He forgot it. And this old poor bloke is probably getting paid, you know, Buckley's is going up to this bloke. 
Yeah, and he's it. trying to get the ball off this bloke. Can make can I just have the ball? Like it's gonna say Bray's about to kill me. Like I'll, I'll be sacked tomorrow if I don't get this ball back. Just come on, mate. My wife and kids need um need money and I need it, you know. He, he probably said all this and he's like, I can't not give it back. So he gave him the ball. <sighs> Maybe look, adding a bit uh, of story to this. Well, yeah, fair, but look, I'm just saying, man, I would have negotiated a better deal. I mean he got a good deal, but I would have negotiated something well, that's, better. That's that's you, Sol. You know, you're a bit of a bit of you know, negotiator, you like to, you know, swindle a bit there. I know, I know you very well, but um, oh man, back to the games. Um, bucks, that's, we right. that's it, that's the games. We're at that time, guarantee of the week. They didn't come off last week. We mentioned at the start, bloody Pat. I, I don't get it. Washington over the Packers, but whatever. Well, that's gone. We're two for three now, I'm pretty sure, officially. Pat's not here. So, TB, can you bring us back to a bit of credibility here? I'm just going to go a bit here. I'm going to give you a bit. I'm going to set the scene a bit here. So we've talked about it. I love aggression. I love aggression in a team. I love aggression in a coach. I love an aggressive mindset. I love how they go for, go for it on fourth down. I love it. I love when you see, you know, onside kicks. You see punt plays. And, you know, they threw it all against the Rams. They threw it all against the Rams. And oh, then no. this man, he went out in his press conference and he said, we're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to get knocked down. We're going to get back up, but we're not going to just get back up. We're going to, we're going to claw into your knees. We're going to rip them off, okay? They're going to do everything they can, you know, to fight down. And this is at the moment. He talked about them getting knocked down. Well, they've been knocked down. They're 0-7, okay? They come up against a team, you know, that they should be thinking we're going to get this win this weekend, okay? This team is definitely, you know, looking at an easy week. They're probably coming there. Well, you know, we're only playing against those Detroit Lions and their mate. The Goff man. So we're probably going to have an easy week this week. But my tip of the week, okay, and get a bit of a drum roll here if you'd like, is the Detroit Lions to go up against Nick Sirianni's men in their hometown, Detroit, okay, Motor, the Motor City. Motor and City, Motor City Dan Campbell. Okay, he's going to go in there and he's going to get his team a win and be one and seven going into the end of week eight. Look, I mean, people would think maybe that's, you know, too easy of a prediction, but mate, there's your own seven and hundred percent like the pressure's on and they're probably the most undeserving zero and seven. Like that, they, they, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's a couple of games we've mentioned that should have won and it just got done at the end. I can't disagree there, man. The lines are due and Philly's the perfect team to get it against at home. Is that right? Yep. They're at home. They're at, home. at their great home of Ford field. They are there. And look for anyone that wanted Pat's one, uh, Colts over the Titans. So that's his one after he backed the Titans. This guy loves jumping on and off bandwagons. I've got to tell you that. I mean, the two weeks ago it was the Bills. Last week it was the Titans. This week it's the Colts. I mean, this guy, the funny guy. That is guaranteed of the week. Colts over the Titans. That's it. Another week. Done and dusted. TB. Pleasure, mate. Always a pleasure, Mr. Solomon. And we'll be looking forward to seeing that guarantee of the week hit. Paddy will be back, I think, next week, hopefully. But if not, I don't know. We've got to get in before the trade deadline. I mean, get in. <laughs> the trade deadline's coming up, Paddy. You better be available, mate, or you're gone. Yeah, we can get a few trades. Might get a couple first rounders. <laughs> oh, that's it. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Enjoy the footy.